two sports fanatics, both with some background in MMA, looking to provide some of their thoughts on what goes on in the world of mixed martial arts. A jiu-jitsu practitioner who is not afraid to get her feet up and provide a stellar knockout or get your jits on, teams up with the Fly Guy, a karate kid turned boxer who would enjoy putting you to sleep by embracing your neck. Tie the Fly Guy. Live from your favorite podcast station, it's Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles, Laurel versus Ty, and it starts right now. Hey, FKTC crew, we are happy to have you back for episode 13 of the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles po podcast. Oh my gosh, I can't talk today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't either. <laughs> yeah. I think this fight card, this past fight card was, I know for me was a bit of a struggle to watch because I had 500 different things going on. And then I know, sadly, our get your jits on Miss Laurel here happened to have jaw surgery. And so we want to wish you the best in your recovery. I always wondered what my face would look like if it was square, like my mother's. And uh, now no. I know, and I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> but I want to uh, upfront say I apologize for my speech. I'm going to try and speak as clearly as possible. <laughs> we appreciate your hard work, though. So the fact that not a lot of people, um, it is tough to talk, especially after like, having such a huge surgery especially around a place where most podcasters need they need their voice and so my mouth yes <laughs> and so kudos to you yeah yeah it was on monday it's day day two and a half and i'm feeling pretty good about it but nice <laughs> <laughs> um so but even, even for me though watching because i didn't get to watch Saturday night, even for me, just trying to rewatch it on Monday, it was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, tough one to get to, and probably the best, or what was working to be the best fight of the night, really was um, was a no contest. So that was disappointing. It was. Uh, this actually might be the first card that I give like a C minus borderline D plus. It was that bad. Yeah, it was um, a little too tactical, like for, for me, mm -hmm. a little too much him hawing around. Right. Imagine, <laughs> Imagine that being a pay-per-view card with people watching like you probably hear booze left and right. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that wasn't a pay-per-view card. <laughs> Thank gosh. Right. Um, I do want to give a very brief, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Juice from a Friendly Sparring podcast. He did give us a shout out in our, um, in his podcast, the Friendly Sparring podcast. Um <laughs> He, he, I think we're starting to gain some fans here. Wow. Outside of my dog. 
<laughs> Labradorus Rex. Yeah, Labradorus Rex. <laughs> well, dogs are the best fans. They are. They don't even care how I look. They don't care what the sound is like. They don't care <laughs> if it's, it can be like as imperfect as they can be. And they'll just stand there like with their tongues hanging out as happy as can be. Yeah, yeah. Dogs. Yeah. But let's get right into, we have a, we have a good show for you guys. Hold on, let me just, I hope I didn't break my phone just now. I had to toss it on the ground so I didn't get any interference. Um, <laughs> and I lost my watch in the process too, but that's okay. Uh, we're going to recap UFC Vegas 38. We're going to give our predictions on the main card for UFC Vegas 39. And we have a little bit of news to get to. Um, it's kind of slow for the most part, but other than that, see what we can do. Um, with that, with that underway, let's get right into this first round with our main or with the main card recap of UFC Vegas 38. Our first fight, which uh, was be contested at lightweights between Alexander Hernandez uh, against Mike Breeden. I believe you and I both picked Hernandez to win that one, and we said it was going to be very convincingly, and sure enough, it was. Yeah, it was. Hernandez just dominated the entire fight, and there's not much more to say about it, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think well, I did a good job. It was his second, what we thought was his second fight, and um yeah he I think did the best that he could but it was never going to be enough to beat Hernandez yeah basically all I've written was it was short and sweet um I haven't really been a huge fan of Hernandez just because of his his personality outside of the cage um but we knew he'd win so there's and and to Beat someone in under 90 seconds there's not a whole lot to talk about yeah no not really when i say dominated the entire fight i meant all 90 seconds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which brings us to our next fight uh christoph jotko uh defeating misha sirkinov via split decision and this is the one that I came in right as the decision was being called, so I didn't get to see a whole lot. But from my understanding, it was pretty even on the striking. You could have gone either way with it. Um, but Sarkinov was more effective on his takedowns, and that might have been the reason why one judge looked at the takedowns. It's like, all right, like it's pretty even striking. I'll give it to Sarkinov because he was more active on the ground. Yeah, he was more active on the ground I felt like it um he was more active but wasn't really a strong finisher on the ground and I I think they were pretty evenly matched but it was not um wasn't anything special in my opinion All right sad very sad but Good for Jockoff to gain the win and your awesome Vegeta tattoo. So I'll give you that one. <laughs> um, next we have, which I thought was going to be a really good. Did you pick Sirkinov for that one? I picked Jocko to win that one. 
Okay, good. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I picked Serkinov. All right. So now I am. Now we're. Ooh, two back, two back. So let's see what happens with these next three fights. <laughs> um, this next one I had really, really high hopes for Nico Price versus Alex Oliveira. And it ended up being, it was pretty even. Well, actually, it was more of Price. I think he did enough in the first two rounds to where it, as long as Oliveira didn't finish him, he was going to win. But the, I was like so excited to see them like actually like do something. I think it was at this point the card like poking at the stick, poking at this card, like do something, do something. And it ended up being very bleh. Yeah, I just neither fighter used um, their skill set to their advantage on this. It kind of felt slow and, and drug out. And I don't know, maybe tonight wasn't the night. For, maybe Saturday night wasn't the night for fights, but just <laughs> kind of, eh. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't take any pain meds to watch it because I stayed <laughs> awake. <laughs> right. Uh, so that brings us now to... Probably the most strangest result of the night. Um, Kevin Holland versus Kyle Dawkins. Initially, it was ruled a submission win for Dawkins, um, but they later reverted it, uh, changed it to a no contest. Um, I didn't see it initially because I thought when Holland had fallen down, I thought he had like, it was a punch or like a punch that knocked him down. But then when I looked at the replay, like there was an accidental clash of the heads and Holland bounced up uh well he fell down and it looked like Mergliata was going to stop it and then Holland jumps back up apparently Mergliata signaled that they need to see the replay and he let it continue and so I guess the thought process here is if if he saw the accidental clash of heads why not stop the fight there and go to replay instead of because if you think about it holland could have been hurt a lot more worse than what initially had happened i think he was in the wrong position to see whether or not because he was on if i remember he was on what i would call the back side of the fight right so he mm -hmm. saw the hit but i don't think that he saw um i don't actually i don't think that he that he saw Dacus or no Holland. Um, he didn't see that Holland was actually out. Mm -hmm. Like the eyes roll back or, or anything like that. Is gotcha. The confusion lies. I think that he just saw kind of the aftermath where, where Holland fell, mm -hmm. but didn't really see the fact that he was out when he was falling. Right. That makes sense. Professional thing for him. Um, but actually, now that I remember, it was, I think, a day or two after that fight, uh, Kevin Holland was ruled a hero because he had stopped a carjacking happening in progress and chased the guy down and, like, held, I don't think he held him down, but he, like, stayed with him until police arrived. So good for Kevin Holland for becoming a superhero for the citizens <laughs> and i but, 
What's that? Didn't get anything on that. Yeah, you didn't get anything on that. You didn't see that. No, I mean I did. I'm just saying, here mm. and I got a win or a lose, and I didn't. Oh. Uh, right. That's all right. We'll call that one a wash. Yeah. Um, the good news is that they did rebook this fight. They're gonna uh, have it on November thirteenth, and so we'll get to talk about this fight again. Good. Um, and now we get to the main event, which was another fight I was looking forward to, but ended up being, except for a good two, except for two good moments from Tiago Santos, it was really, really, it was probably the one of the worst main events I've seen in a few months, actually. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, I... <clears throat> felt like it was kind of a lazy fight maybe mm -hmm. or you know he's he's a monster and didn't take advantage of his his physical nature at all I felt that he was a little bit uh worked too hard to maintain his distance with Santos because he was afraid of the of getting hit or whatever that that was but my gosh Santos was pretty active and he wasn't even that active he was just kind of active and i don't know mm. i just felt like walker gave santos that fight yeah it, it could have been so much better but it wasn't mm -hmm. and i wonder if like if son uh, not santos if walker was a little bit gun shy because he feels like if he because i mean we've seen in the past how devastating tiago santos is um he so far has a I think a TKO or knockout victory over the current champion Jan Blachowicz. and his finishes up until that his title shot with John Jones were just just devastating. And so I wonder if because he's been knocked out before, I wonder if that was like something he was more concerned with, or maybe Tiago Santos is still trying to get used to fighting again because he did have those he basically had to teach himself how to walk again after that John Jones fight. And he still was on a two fight skid. I think he, I wonder if he's still trying to get his legs and trying to get himself back to where he was. Well, I mean, if anything were to give him confidence, I would think this fight against Johnny Walker would have, but um... I don't know. I expected more from Johnny Walker and just, you know, I just, he, he could have game planned for, for Santos' major advantage, which was his striking. Mm -hmm. I guess the game plan was to keep your distance, but when you do that, you still have to make use of your other tools. And I thought Walker did a good job with his leg kicks keeping Santos at a distance, but it would have been really helpful if he merged that into some uh, punching combinations to to uh, to help win that fight and and to help San keep Santos's punches at bay. But he just didn't do it and seemed to have lost his focus during that that, that match matchup. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure I want to talk any more about this card because there wasn't a whole lot to happen. 
Um, hey. So. <laughs> the, the, the card before that made up for it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think we got all our action at 266. It was like, okay, like we're, it, it's fine if this ends up being a lackluster card. Did you pick Santos? Um, uh, let's go back and to read my notes to see. Yeah, okay. Um, I did a different labeling thing and now it screwed me all up. I did pick Tiago Santos to win. And I picked Walker. I, uh, I think you did actually. Okay. I'm pretty certain you did. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you're, you're still one fight ahead though. No, but still, what the heck? <laughs> what in the heck? See, see, this is this is perfect because I had my bad uh, main card predictions for two six six. So we both are kind of even because now we've both kind of hit a little bit of a skid at one point. I'm still one card at one fight ahead, huh? Yep, and. You might you might regain that lead because this next card this next main card uh, which is UFC Vegas thirty nine between excuse me Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez and looking at the five fight main card maybe a good four or five of these were really hard to pick. Yeah, I struggled a little bit. I still maybe haven't made my um, final decision for this next card. Okay. <laughs> uh, women's fights i think we're we're working to be good but you know before we talk about that maybe we want to talk about the lad wait yeah let's do that because mate uh aspen lad was supposed to fight macy Chazon on the main card um but after a scary weigh-in um, she ended up because she ended up one she technically ended up being one pound over, but she initially weighed in five pounds over. And so it was if you haven't seen it, viewer discretion advised, but the first way is like, okay, that's not too bad. But then it was like a, a whole like nine to ten minute ordeal of First getting a cover, first get then getting a towel, and then Aspen Lad basically had to strip. No, Aspen Lad had to strip down to nothing, and just hearing that scale shaking so many times, you can just tell like it was a horrible weight cut. You can tell by her face. You can tell by the scale. You can tell by the way they asked her to raise her hands up, and she could barely even do that. Mm -hmm. That was bad. Um, she would end up going on to Instagram and stating that it was something about two days before the weigh-ins, uh, she got her period, and that was what ended up causing the whole weigh-in issue. Like, the cut ended up becoming really bad. Um, and so with that, being her weighing over, and I'm pretty sure Macy Chazon probably got wind of it too when she heard how Esplanade was she decided not to take the fight and the fight ended up being canceled but with that being said before I go on to a former champion who weighed her who gave her thoughts on it Aspen Lad mentioned that her period was the reason why 
she had such a bad weight cut. Now, as a guy, of course, I don't get the, I don't have those. So from a woman's perspective, is it as bad as it seems when you're trying to cut weight on your period? It's as bad as it seems. Just, you know, you don't even weigh yourself during, during that time because it's so frustrating. You could be, you know, I sit usually at a, at a 132 and in in the past I could have done 142 or 139 or it's the 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 weight gain can be fairly significant and you know I had mentioned to you when we talked about this a little bit earlier that on my women's jujitsu network that I that that I'm involved in it's a pretty common question all the time. It's like, what am I going to do? I have a fight coming up or a match coming up, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to gain weight. And, you know, you could take the, you, you take a risk going up on the scale because even during the day, I mean, as a man, even during the day, you can fluctuate uh, four or five pounds during the day, depending upon, you know, how much water you drank or what kind of you, what kind of uh, water that you're hanging on to, and and so I think it's it's very tough. I have seen women not weight make weight uh, multiple times during during grappling events, and um, a lot of times those it can be, I don't want to say it can be dangerous for a woman, but she does certain things with her body uh, that maybe you wouldn't do, like use hormone therapy through birth control to control when you're going to be on your cycle and when you aren't. And it's, mm. it's a whole rigmarole of things that I'm sure that a lot of men don't want to hear or know about, but I, I always take the stance, you know, it's your responsibility to make weight, but at, at the moment in time, I can certainly feel for what Aspen Ladd is, is having to go through the criticism. And she, she did look bad. She uh, looked to me like she was maybe over starving herself or very much limiting her water capacity and probably even took water pill, uh, water pills to help lose that extra water weight and I think that that's why she looked the way she did right it's it's hideous yeah maintaining weight is hard enough for a woman and if you ever um heard me say I'm a really big fan of studying athlete body types that's something that I really look to Mm -hmm. and if you knew what the female side of what it takes to develop a female athlete in regards to, to, uh, training and how that matches up with, with nature. Right. (laughs) You'd be horrified. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, props to her. A lot of women like her wouldn't even have a, have a cycle. Right. You know, cause you have to get below a certain amount of body fat to not have one. And the fact that these UFC women even have 
have a cycle just shows you, maybe it shows you how these women have adjusted to being top tier athletes and still having form and function naturally with, with their bodies. Because if you looked at a lot of uh, distance runners, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, they won't even have a cycle because they don't, they just don't have enough body fat to support it. Right. Challenging. Yeah, I bet. It sounds very challenging. Um, she did mention, I want to say before this fight, that they had a chance to like, get her uh, her diet set and all that. Um, so I think whoever is like trying to help her out with that needs to probably do a little bit more research or the coaches like, need to know like, how to help her out with that. Um, because I think this was the second straight time that this fight was supposed to happen. And this this was like a rebooked fight and it got canceled. I don't know if it was because someone got someone got COVID. And I think Macy had to pull out of that fight. And so they ended up, but apparently I was hearing all around the MMA community that Aspen Ladd is a very habitual weight misser and so here rises the question on that um because of how badly she has missed weight should the ufc give her an ultimatum move up to featherweight or get cuts which one do you see most likely happening well um From from an investment standpoint of the UFC, they need to move they need to move her up to featherweight or get cut. I mean, they are still as much as I clown on them for being business and economic oriented. They put into they put in a lot to the advertisement of these these guys and and gals, and they they put on this this forum and. You know, if you if you get an invitation through a fight matchup, you better take it and you better mm -hmm. do what, you know, you can to prepare that. No, you know, I will say as much as a, a cycle can be a valid excuse, it could also be in many ways an invalid excuse. If, mm -hmm. if you if you know, which, you know, if you're on on pills or some sort of hormone regulation, you know that your fight week is gonna happen on the same week you're getting your cycle. Well then, you know, how do you plan for that? And it is up to her trainers and communication with her trainers to, to um, take that into consideration. If you're, uh, if you habitually miss weight, because it's too stressful, go up. I'm sure she doesn't want the fight, the featherweights though. Well, the other thing is there are not a whole lot of featherweights to fight right now, so. No. So, yeah. and it also could provide her a faster track to get to the title shot because if I remember correctly, she was basically on the doorstep to fighting Amanda Nunes at bantamweight until she got knocked out until she got knocked out in 16 seconds by Jermaine Durandamay. <laughs> and, I, and I 
So I only put it in air quotes because it seemed that Herb Dean stopped the fight a little early. Yeah, yeah. But we'll see what happens from there. Um, little brief notes that Misha Tate apparently blasted her on social media because she called her a cheater because of the whole, and I'm not sure where it came from. I, I just remember being very shocked seeing a former champion blasting a contender like that. Like I've never seen something like that before. And so she mentioned that there's a good chance she probably weighed a lot more than what the final weight showed. And oof, if you want to, if you want to read what Misha Tate had to say, go on, to, go to her Twitter and you can find out. It was pretty savage, but you, you'd be, you'd be led to that conclusion, right? I mean, Aspen, Aspen lad steps up on the scale. She's fully clothed, mm-hmm. which hardly ever happens. Right. And then, oh, let me take my clothes off. So we get, you, we get a screen and we struggle for that for, you know, five fucking minutes. <laughs> They're shaking and the guy can't read the scale. And it's, it looked bad. It, 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 um, whether or not you feel sorry for her or whatever, because she missed weight and whether or not she was in on her cycle, she just looked bad. Mm-hmm. It looked bad. Yeah. Why would you do that? Right. There's no sugar coating that. No one in America weighs themselves with their clothes on. No one. <laughs> no, that's so true. That is so Except true. Except at the doctor's office where you can't take clothes off, but you yep. take shoes off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that actually kind of makes me wonder, like, how how accurate is the doctor's scale? Because you can't really, because the clothes add a few pounds to you. So there's really... Like they say, like, oh, you're 175. Like, are you sure I'm 175 or am I really like 172 or 171? So let's let's be real here for a minute. Yeah, I just I don't think the clothes add that much much on. You know, I've been pissed off at a doctor's appointment. Oh, I got <laughs> wait my clothes on today, but then take my clothes off and weigh, and it's like a half a pound. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my clothes aren't that heavy, but I'm just saying it's, you were, you missed, you missed weight completely with or without your clothes. Right. (laughs) So what can you do? What can you do? Um, so be ready to make our picks for the second card. Let's do it. I have my notebook out. All right. Um, first up, we have Phil Halls versus Deron Wynn at middleweights. Um, and th- this was just one that was really tough to pick. Um, I know both guys a little bit, but not enough to like really get a good feel for it. I know Halls is really good with his um, his striking and his knockout power. Um, Deron Wynn kind of could be the same too, but I don't think we really have seen it yet. Um, and so with that said, I have Halls winning. Um, and I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't know if it's going to be KO, TKO. I did, I wrote down, wrote something down, but I don't even know how it's going to happen. Like I can see it being a knockout, but who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I think this one might go five rounds, but I have Haas winning. He's currently on a seven win streak um since 2019 and I just think that he's kind of in his prime 
I think mm -hmm. that his striking is a little bit more significant than Win, and I just have him going um, all three rounds against Win with with a win in the end. Win yeah. doesn't win on Saturday. Win doesn't win. Oh. <laughs> He's going to be sad about that, but, but don't tell him I said that though. I, I won't, I won't say if he comes across this podcast, then you, you'll just don't, I don't even know who this rain basin chick is. <laughs> yeah. You probably will say that. <laughs> um, next we have Sabina Mazo versus Maria Agapova and it's contested at flyweights. Mm -hmm. So Let's hear what you have to say about it. Uh, just looking over uh, Mazo's film compared to Agapova. Um, I think Agapova is just a tad bit uh, predictable. Kind of a, I think she has heavy hands, but it also comes with a fairly sluggish uh, strike. Mm -hmm. But I think Mazo is much more explosive all the way around. Um, a lot more active than Agapova. I don't know that Agapova has had a lot of stiff competition so mm -hmm. far in her um, professional bouts. I think Mazo has had better competition, but overall, I think that Mazo is just going to uh, maybe not knock her out, but just have much more significant strikes uh when it's all said and done and she'll win by decision okay um i actually have it the same way um mazo had a bit of a slow start to the ufc i believe it was i remember i i was in attendance for her ufc debut but it was like on the very deep prelims so i only just caught when they called the decision um but she has seemed to turn things around and has done really well um Agapova, it seemed like their striking accuracy is about even, but I just think Mazo, and actually I just found out that both Sabina Mazo and Maria, Mariana, Mariana Agapova have this identical nine and two records. And so that's about as, I don't think I've ever seen that before, but I think Mazo has the, has the better experience and I also have her winning by decision. Mm -hmm. there the the next fight i'm kind of uh <laughs> curious about it's like this high wire circus guy and this really low level low-key guy that's maybe gonna throw a few punches <laughs> okay maybe <laughs> i'm just going to lead off then well you know, one of my favorite Elliott fights, and he lost, uh, was against uh, Josh Dodson. Mm. That was a really good recent fight. Um, I love the fact that Elliott did a cartwheel right in the middle of the of the second round. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of a high flyer, high energy kind of guy. He's always trying different things that don't necessarily work out right, but but. Um, he this might be an interesting match the the highlights of nicolau are just kind of uh 
slow key or low key he you can tell he definitely has some heavy striking mm -hmm. um but i think that he's gonna get tired following elliot around the ring trying to to make him slow down so he can get a hit in <laughs> that that would be my uh grand analysis that's not a bad analysis um so i'm assuming elliot you have this i i do i'm giving it to the guy because he's just kind of a he just loves being in the ring he's a spitfire there you go <laughs> um i don't know i i tim elliot his first his name really came to my attention because he had won the ultimate fighter and the chance to compete with um compete against Demetrius Johnson for the flyweight title. So it's not very often that your first fight in the UFC is a title opportunity. Mm. Um, sadly, he was unable to um, secure the win. I think he ended up losing by a unanimous decision, but I think a people, I think a lot of fans got, gave him a lot of props for it being his first UFC fight and last and being able to take Mighty Mouse to the scorecards and so round of applause for him on that one <laughs> um with this with that said i would agree um elliot i think is going to be the more not the more i think he's going to be moving around a lot more and nicolo kind of seems like someone who and i apologize if i <laughs> if i'm wrong about this but he seems like he's just like what's the word like stationary stationary yeah, yeah. like very sta a very stationary fighter and if ellie can just like do like one two three or one two three four get back before mm -hmm. nikolai could even respond then it'll be a long day for him so yeah. with that being said i have tim elliott my decision Next, we have our co-main events between Randy Brown and Jared Gooden, contested at welterweights. This one's a little, this one I went back and forth on because it's just so, like, if to me, they seem so evenly matched. Like, I know I haven't seen a whole lot of either fighter, but the name that really jumps out at me is Randy Brown and his... I can't even remember what it was that he has done. I know he had a really good fight against a fighter not that long ago. Mm -hmm. It's just not jumping up off the page for me. So actually, I want to look and see what this guy has done so far in the hopes that I don't end up being having my low resources going in. Um, oh, he just um, he submitted Alex Oliveira back at UFC 261. I thought I recognized him from somewhere. <laughs> um, and then 2020, yeah, he had that fight with uh, Vicente Luque, which he got brutally knocked out with four seconds left. So, okay, now, now he, he's coming back to me. Now it's coming back. So he's going to try to build off of that win against Cowboy Oliveira. Um, and I think he does it. I just think I don't know a whole lot about Jared Gooden, but he, I'm going to say like what I did with the Elliott versus Nikolai fight, I think Brown is the more, is the quicker, speedier fighter. And I think that's going to end up doing 
a lot. It's going to help him out a lot. Um, although I see this going the whole 15 minutes, um, I'm going to say Randy Brown, but via decision, I think it's going to be like, it'll seem like a very slow paced fight, but Randy Brown will get just enough in there just to, to secure the victory. Yeah, I think um, I agree with you. Um, I think Randy Brown is, I think when you have a guy that big, it looks deceptively slow mm-hmm. when he strikes, but I do think that he's a heavy hitter and I do think that his striking accuracy is pretty good. The one, the, the one reason I probably didn't pick Gooden well, it's not probably. I know that the one reason that I didn't pick Gooden was if you watch his highlight reels, the dude never blocks his face. His hands are down constantly. And I just don't ever think that's a good strategy for winning, especially with a guy like Randy Brown, who has pretty good accuracy. He likes to get in close punches. He just doesn't, he doesn't throw a lot of, uh, punches at at the distance he takes his time gets in gets body shots in gets heads kicks um I just don't like the fact that that Gooden kind of he's he's slower paced but he is just kind of the guy that I feel like stands there a little bit and waits for punches to come to him before he'll throw one and I think that's just not a good strategy in the heavyweight division where you know that most of those fighters rely on a striking background. Mm -hmm. I think that's not really a good strategy to rely on in almost any weight class. Like if you're, (laughs) unless, unless you're Holly Holm or Valentina Shevchenko who are really good (laughs) counter strikers. Right. But he just, he takes a little bit too many, he takes uh, too many punches to to his face, good and you know, good and does in my opinion, and I think maybe that speaks for you know the 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 people that he's fought uh, in the fact that they're not. I don't know if I want to say well known, but not high profile. Right. But but Randy Brown is, and I expect Randy Brown to to have a knockout in this match. Ooh, all right. Oh, all right. That that or keep that in mind. Keep that. Keep that up here. <laughs> um. So now we've gotten to our main events, which oh my gosh, it should be a actually will be a good one. So why don't you go ahead and lead us off, Mackenzie Dern oh, versus Marina Rodriguez? Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you my pick first. I picked Mackenzie Dern. Okay. Um. Her, the power in her punches and her grappling is just top notch. Uh, she's in worldwide, she's number five, um, the number fifth ranked fighter. Mm-hmm. I think 21st pound for pound. Uh, three of her last, I think, five submissions that she had were in the in the top 26 of best submissions including one that was like number six one that was number 21 and 26 something like that Rodriguez she um is well versed in Muay Thai you can tell she's very strong um Mm. 
I don't, I don't think she's very quick though. And I think that's what, what Dern mm. advantage is uh, over Rodriguez. And I, I think that um, Rodriguez is often a one punch kind of gal too. She'll step in, take a shot with the left and then step back out. And I just don't feel like that's good enough in the MMA world these days because right. she has no follow-up with it. One mm -hmm. punch, one punch, and she's just kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say a boring fighter, but she's she needs to get some more combinations under her belt for me. Right. Well, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, uh, this one was a little tough, but I'm, I'll go into my pick now. And I, I agree with you that Mackenzie Dern does get this win. Although I think Dern does have to be careful because while you do say she does have that one punch and step back, that one punch can be very not devastating but it can hurt a lot right like what one fight i can remember in instance of that was her uh marina's fight against amanda hebus and mm -hmm. oh my goodness like when she landed that punch and like goddard like stunned her it was like almost the end and then we thought it was the end i was like oh no like her it was another herb dean blunder go figure <laughs> um <laughs> I, I respect you, Herb Dean. Just some of your recent fights over the last two to three years have been a little suspect. But, <laughs> but with that said, I think if Dern gets us to the ground, I don't think Marina Rodriguez is going to have any answer for it. Yeah. Um, and because Dern is a black belt BJJ artist. That, mm -hmm. And basically, if she gets a hold of any of your limbs or a hold of your neck i think she's more known for her arm bar so if she gets a hold of your limb you're done basically and so with that said i think Dern gets it done on the ground i'm gonna and i'll throw i'll throw it out since i haven't really thrown out a method of victory i'm gonna say second round submission oh she's a contender for your throat cuddle of the night she is <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I don't know that this fight's going to go very far, but I like the matchup. Yeah, definitely a good one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Probably, I just hope it doesn't end up being like last week where, and it's funny because this is actually, I don't think it's the first time, but it's the first time that at least I know of in which two straight, um, two straight UFC cards were headlined by two fighters uh, from Brazil. Yeah. So they must have cleared the COVID protocol. Yeah. It's good for them though. <laughs> good for them. So that's oh yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, because I think no, we'll get into that because I think Brazil has a lot of good fighters. And it's just been a shame that during the pandemic they couldn't fight as much because of the whole travel restrictions and so it's good to see yeah. them getting some fights in um but that concludes ufc vegas 39 um i only have one little bit of news um but before i cover that is there anything that you want to touch up on 
No, I would just want to say that I was giggling a little bit about the steroid talk that we had last week because Serkinov comes out and did you see he's got like <laughs> what are those uh he's he's got like real built-in uh pads that prevent you from from getting your neck cranked on <laughs> oh I did not see that <laughs> his his uh what are those called what are those muscles called uh I don't know Okay, I'm going to look at muscles of the shoulder. I should know this right off the top of my head, right? <laughs> it's all good. I don't know. Um, trapezoids. His trapezoids were ginormous. Oh, that, why did I think of that? I should have known that too. Oh my gosh, we're failing. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't even notice how big they were. It was crazy. I'll have to pay attention to that in this next fight and see if they've increased in size. <laughs> we have this little like measuring tool. We should have a measuring thing. Right. Um, I feel like they keep getting bigger. Pretty soon they're going to touch his ears. They're going to big like this remote or this big remote? The big remote. Tied, <laughs> they're going to touch his ears. They were pointy too. It was so bizarre. Oh, I was goodness. like, how do you get that? <laughs> Well, I guess my trapezoids have gotten a little bit bigger since I've done striking, but geez, Louise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> things up top are getting big, but things up down low are getting smaller. Mm. <laughs> I don't know that from personal experience, though. <laughs> I've heard, I've kind of heard a little bit about that. So just rumors. Yeah, just rumors. We'll go with rumors for now. <laughs> Um, so my only little bit of MMA news, it's kind of sad. Um, oh. we found that, um, there was a bare knuckle fighter called named, I'm sorry, my handwriting is terrible. Justin Thornton. Um, he sadly passed away, um, like about a month after his bout. Um, he was in a bare knuckle fighting. He was in a bare knuckle match. Sadly, it only lasted 19 seconds because um, he was he ended up getting knocked out after they both like explain exchanged a flurry of punches, one which like landed right on his chin and he fell like head first into the canvas and it kind of looked like the way it looked his neck kind of not snapped but it just yeah. kind of looked like when it hit like you can tell like his neck did not look pretty. Um, and he ended up, I think he ended up being carried out on a stretcher. Like uh -huh. he was down for a while. Um, it turns out that he was partially paralyzed and suffered a spinal cord injury and was in the hospital ever since that fight. And sadly enough, he just never recovered. And so our. Well, he died of pneumonia. He did? From the, yeah, from the vent tubes and things. Oh my goodness. I know it. Oof. That's rough. Uh, so even though I didn't know him personally, uh, thoughts and prayers are with his family because that's like, it just shows you like how dangerous this fight game can be because one minute you could be out there contending for a world title and the next your life could be over. 
Yeah, and that's, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, that's sad. Uh, it, it's a lot of, uh, we, we sometimes knock on the judges on whether they call a fight too early or whether it's, you know, not soon enough or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just, it's, it's hard to criticize, criticize a too early stoppage because they're in there to protect the fighter and, mm-hmm it's a lot of responsibility and at the same time you know it's up to those refs or to them to be in the correct position so they see everything and you know we we have this sport that's and i i feel like i talk about this every time but mma has come a long 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 way and each little thing like this, like bare knuckle fighting, just kind of takes us a step back. Mm-hmm. And because it's the negative, the negative that get, gets shown on the regular, right, in regular media. But I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's sad, yeah. but. Right. I think the whole. Like when they announced that they were going to do bare fighting, I was kind of, I bar- I'm skeptical. Like I'll barely watch it just because the fact that you, there's nothing between you. It's just like, there's no padding in between. I mean, I guess the good thing is they can't throw like any other strikes, mm-hmm. although that wouldn't really, I guess wouldn't matter as much, but having very little to no padding on your fist can be very dangerous. And that's especially true uh, since we were talking about steroids last week, like right. imagine imagine someone had taken steroids for a bare knuckle fight and knocked someone out viciously. Like, yes, steroids like increase like your muscle mass, your testosterone, wherever the hell it is. The fact is that steroids they're banned for reasons that that extra power could end up killing someone. And as we saw there, like I don't know if I highly doubt the guy that knocked him out. It was, I think it was just like a very, um, what's the word? Not in, um, unfortunate accident that just the way he landed was just very unfortunate and how it happened. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't blame the guy who knocked him out because it's not like he's going to try to, he's going to knock him out. I mean, if he could try to catch him, he could, like, I'd try to, if I could try to catch my opponent from falling, if I knew he was going to fall in that position, I would definitely try it. And like, all right, dude, like, or at least like have, like catch him and like get him onto the ring. I mean, I know that's kind of impossible because you're like in the heat of the moment. You can't just stop all that adrenaline running through you to help someone in case something bad were to happen to them. But I think from what I heard, bare knuckle is kind of under scrutiny right now from because of this death. And it's fair enough reason to because there's not a whole lot of protection for the fighters, whether it's covering up their hands or anything like that. Like getting punched by a four ounce, eight ounce, whatever ounce glove will help soften that blow. It'll still hurt but it softens the blow a little bit instead of getting a straight up punch in the face with almost nothing protecting you, especially with 
fighters getting cuts on their knuckles, cuts on their hands. Like it's a lot more dangerous. Yeah. And I, some, some people might say with your statement, you know, well, how much does that padding provide? And Mm -hmm. I can tell you it's weird because if you get a normal punch to the face with a fist, it hurts a lot more. Um, one of the professional fighters out of my gym always said, you know, don't, don't worry about getting hit, hit with a glove. It Mm -hmm. may surprise you, but it doesn't always hurt you. Right. And I really believe that was the case is when I would get punched or hit um, in, in the, the body or the face, it, it more just was alarming. Like, oh, I just got hit rather than holy shit, that hurt. Right. Um, so I do think that padding counts. Most sports have, uh, fighting sports have gone to padding. Mm-hmm. And that's why they've been able to maintain fighters for a longer term. Right. And that's actually a good point because you think of the long-term effects between someone who is in the UFC belt or even as a boxer, as a, someone who fights in bare knuckle, like the long-term effects can be more devastating if you're not using gloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Unfortunate so, for sure. Yeah. So to see what happens regarding that and see how many, like, I feel like this could be the start of like something where, I mean, in turn, it was like unfortunate the way he landed, but you have to figure, you have to think of the safety of your fighters as well. Right. As we see Labrador's Rex make his appearance on the screen. always wants in on the (laughs) ass because we apparently we bring plenty of it oh yes (laughs) but i believe that's all we have for today as i said like it was going to be pretty short um i'll i'll try to watch some of the fights this weekend i'm not gonna prompt oh there's a big boxing match this weekend that i forgot to mention um Ooh, you did forget to mention yeah. we have tyson fury versus deontay wilder the trilogy match oh my gosh this is going to be awesome yeah this actually might be one like all right i'm actually going to sit down and watch this thing you should it'd be a full day of football mm-hmm. and then get a little bit of ufc mixed in there and, and then boxing yeah and, and i think football again tomorrow or sunday yeah What's that SpongeBob song? Everything is awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's how it goes. (laughs) Oh, let's do then a little special prediction. Oh my gosh. Fury versus Wilder. Who do you got? If it isn't Fury, then then, uh, I don't know who it's going to (laughs) be. You you can say Fury, you can say Wilder. You can, like, because apparently boxing has been very notorious for draws lately so you can say it's a draw i'm no i'm not i'm going fury all the way there's no way that dude isn't gonna win okay all right he's an animal oh yeah without a doubt 
Like, I don't watch a lot of boxing, but I know a lot about him. And man, he brings it. Um, I know a lot about him, and I know a lot about Terrence Crawford. Yes, Terrence Crawford. He is a good one, too. Um, did the first one end in a draw? I think it ended in a draw. I know Fury won the second one. I thought, well, the first one. Yeah, I'm just going to find out. Fury versus Wilder. Aha. Here we go. Wilder versus Fury ended. It ended in a split draw. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go back and watch the first two fights. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so good, but I mean I love Deontay Wilder too. I think that he's just a great fighter. I just think that Tyson is mentally uh unstable <laughs> right and that's why he wins <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the first one was a split draw and i saw that fury won the second one via seventh round tko yeah. so i definitely should watch them um i always i always go off the stat the person that wins the second fight almost always wins the third fight because mm -hmm. we especially saw it with Poirier and McGregor. Ooh, which kind of speaks good news for Brandon Moreno because he won the second fight and he's supposed to fight Figgy in December. Right. And so I'm gonna go on the base, I'm gonna go off of history and I'll say Tyson Fury wins. I think it's gonna end up, I think it might be a decision. I think Fury or Wilder is gonna do a little bit better, but I think it ends up going into a decision. Yeah, I'm just hoping for a good fight. Yes. <laughs> Always got to hope for a good fight. Yeah. Right. But now, that is all we have for today. Finally. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, if you have any questions, you have anything, any suggestions, if you just want to talk fights with us, you can find us on anchor because that is where we will accept all of your voice questions um definitely need to propel that hopefully it'll be propelled a little bit more with this boxing matchup but if you don't want your voice heard on a podcast but of course why wouldn't you you can always dm your questions you can reach the podcast at fktc pod on twitter you can reach me at Rain Basin. And you can reach me at TyFlyGuy15. But no funny business if you do send the DM message, as always. Um, protect the faces from Laurel's kicks and protect your throats from my throat cuddles. And what do we always say on this podcast? Don't let it come down to the judges. Yep. And until next time, we will catch you all next week. Bye, y'all.